Welcome to the Meta Mind Shift Show, guys. Hey, <laughs> I am happy to have you all back here for another week to talk about all things metaverse and all things future, to talk about AR and the future of reality versus virtual reality. What does that look like and what does it mean to have a meta mind shift? My name is Nicole Maxwell. Some people call me technical, others call me the metaverse goddess, and you can call me your guide to the metaverse. I am extremely happy to have you here, as I am always every week. Um, if you are watching at home, please don't forget to like and subscribe, and then get on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and everywhere else that you social media rise yourself and invite a friend to follow. I am very happy uh, to, to let you know that, you know what, we're in the metaverse and the metaverse is uh, not exactly here, but there are some folks doing some really great things in the metaverse. Um, it is coming and it is coming fast, like a freight train almost. <laughs> Sometimes uh, it just seems like things are moving so incredibly fast in this space. But this space is something that uh, is, is new, but kind of isn't. So I like to tell people um, that the metaverse is coming, um, but some of us have been in the metaverse for a very, very long time. And so if you've been a gamer historically, if you have ever had an opportunity to jump into an MMORPG, if you've seen movies like The Matrix or Strange Days or uh, uh, iRobot, you have been in the metaverse. And so that is uh, an extremely um, interesting and extremely um, expansive world that is unfolding in front of us and before us every single day. There is something new coming out every single day. And so today's episode, we are going to be talking all about the metaverse and avatars. Avatars. How will you show up in the metaverse? How will you show up? What does that look like for you to be in a metaverse? So I have a few co-hosts that will join me from time to time. Uh, and they will come through and represent for uh, Nicole and the Metaverse. And so you can always find them uh, in the lower right-hand side of the screen here. Uh, and these are my girls. Uh, these are my favorite co-hosts, but they are always here with me. Um, and uh, all of them have various different names that I've given them in their various worlds that they live in. But they are versions of me that show up. And so... Um, most of you guys know me as technical and, uh, I am somebody who, uh, definitely has been into gaming since I was younger. Uh, I have been able to, um, to enjoy, uh, all sorts of different games. Um, so when I was young, you know, we played on, uh, my, my uncle's Atari, uh, he lived across the street and I was able to go across the street and enjoy that with my cousins, um, when I got older, uh, not that much older, but I got a, a Nintendo. And I remember running on uh, the trackpad uh, because we had um, some track games. And then, you know, obviously a few years ago, not a few years ago, but about a decade ago, we had Nintendo Wii that picked up where the trackpad left off. And so it was like sports and gaming. Uh, Esports is definitely a thing. Gaming is definitely a thing. It doesn't matter what type of game you like. Um, as I got older, I got into MMORPGs. And so MMORPGs, what is that? <laughs> Massive multiple online role-playing games. So you play the role of something or someone else. And I say something and I did not, that was not a misstep. Uh, you can play the role of something else. So um Whatever virtual world you are in, you are represented by your avatar. And so my avatars 
uh, are always uh, little sisters and I try to make them look like me. I try to make them feel as close to me as possible. But, um, you know, they, they all kind of, you can see them over next to me now. Uh, but um, it's, it's very cool to find an avatar that resonates with you to be able to find one that actually looks and feels like you do and looks and feels like uh, something that you'd actually put on uh, their clothes, uh, have them wear something that you would actually wear. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, if you've been watching the show or you caught us on the replays on Spotify, Hulu, Roku, anywhere that your uh, video broadcasts and podcasts are available, um, you probably saw Hospreneur. Hospreneur is an artist. She is a seamstress, a real life seamstress. And she is also an NFT digital artist. And so she was able to take uh, her, her sewn jackets, so jackets that are physically worn, and she created models of those in 3D form. And when you do that, um, that is something that is called a fidgetal because it is a, a physical uh, attribute that is linked to a digital, and that's how it gets its name, a fidgetal. Uh, and you are also able to then take that one step further and create a wearable. And so a wearable is an, an item that your avatar can wear in a mobile, or I'm sorry, in a virtual space. <laughs> so we got a lot of acronyms, a lot of words coming through today. But um, your NFT wearable uh, can be worn by your avatar. And so I have several examples of these. Um, you know, you can check out my LinkedIn and I will post that up for anyone who wants to see it. But um, it'll be in the comments. Uh, but also... Uh, you can go out right now and purchase these um, in your favorite decentralized metaverse because the decentralized metaverse is the one that allows you to actually own the digital assets that you have. Uh, in a centralized um, space, you own it, but so does your publisher. So you buy it, but the publisher retains the rights for that particular item or, um, or you know, artifact that you have. So uh, you can buy a watch and your avatar can wear it. And uh, what's really cool about the decentralized space is uh, once the decentralized metaverse becomes a reality, you are going to be able to take your NFTs from one place to another. And that includes wearables, and that includes NFTs. So those items are going to be able to be transferred from one metaverse space to another metaverse space. And so that is what's really cool about having a metaverse in the first place is that it's interoperable and it is uh, interconnected. So you have the ability to port from one to another to another and it is interconnected and interoperable, meaning that your items, your devices, your uh, gear, so to speak, for all my gamers out there, your gear is going to be eligible to be moved from one avatar to another. So if you look at the lower right-hand corner, you'll see my different avatars. And so one of them, uh, the, starting on the, the far, uh, my right, uh, you have Vexy, and Vexy is from uh, Ready Player Me. And then you have Technical. Technical is in Altspace. And you have uh, Technical 2, and she is from VR Chat. And then you have Vexy, and Vexy Blocks is in Roblox. And so those are my co-hosts, those are my avatars, those are their names. Um, and so uh, you can tell that like, I like the color green. So they always are wearing something green. Uh, my avatars would not be caught dead without uh, green gear on <laughs> of some kind. Uh, but then they are also um, examples of me. And so uh, when I'm moving through a space, they're there representing me. So for example, in this particular setting, I can come on screen as an avatar. In this particular setting, 
Um, you know, if I were, if the future is that Microsoft Teams is developing a way for us to be on screen in our avatars. And so they're coming up with a whole, um, a whole, um, a whole regime of, of different little avatar prototypes that you can create and that you can model after yourself and use those in virtual spaces. Uh, over the um, course of the beginning of the year, I had the pleasure of being the producer for a conference that ran for 31 days. And so in that conference, uh, we had lots of great discussion about the metaverse and the future of the metaverse. And I was able to come on screen as an avatar. And in that situation, um, it's not just coming on screen as an avatar. That, that's not the same thing as me being in a world and just happening to look at the screen while I'm streaming it. That wasn't what was happening there. The technology was actually mapping to my face and then rendering my face back onto the screen. And so it wasn't just following the avatar, it was actually following me and mimicking my facial uh, mechanisms and the way that I work. So um, we are going to get uh, very cozy with our avatars and it is projected that avatars are going to be a humongous part of the future of the metaverse. And so your wearables and what you put on for, you know, on a daily basis on your avatar is going to be important. So I want everybody to really think about the avatar that you have and how you show up as an avatar um, and what that can look like. Um, lots of people have fears about the metaverse. And so let's talk about that for a minute. A lot of people fear that the metaverse is going to replace you in some kind of way or replace your reality um, and don't want that. I had a whole conversation this week with a whole room of people uh, who I didn't realize were talking about the metaverse, but I walked in and, um, you know, I was hearing all sorts of fears about, you know, what people are going to be able to do with their kids and, and how they're going to be able to disconnect and um, how people fear the super inter, um, interconnected version of the metaverse, which is um, the extremely interoperable piece where uh, there's actually a, um, a link included in your body. Uh, I fear that personally. That is not something that I personally want. Um, I am not, I am not uh, a proponent of the Neuralink uh, type of metaverse experience and rolling that out to the world. To me, that puts us one step closer to a matrix type environment where we don't have decentralization at that point. We have a hive mind. And that's literally everything that I, I stand against. So I, I don't want that. I want people to be able to be empowered and survive on their own without being constantly connected to this thing. Uh, and if you are connected, if you choose to be connected to the metaverse, then in that moment, you own and retain your data. And so that's the piece that's extremely important to me is that we as people retain the right to transact our data with other elements and other sources and other uh, avenues. And so as we're looking forward to the future, uh, we're thinking about how we're going to show up in these virtual spaces. Uh, we think about AR, that is augmented reality. Augmented reality is where reality changes in front of you. And so uh, you can imagine rolling down the street or walking down the street and seeing someone's face come up on a billboard as you're walking. Uh, that is augmented reality. Uh, virtual reality. So you can also, you know, have a, an augmented reality experience in your living room. If we have enough time today, I will take you through one of those. If not, uh, be sure to subscribe to my Spotify because on the Spotify, you're going to get access to that um, additional bonus footage. So make sure that you are doing that and I will put up the links for that here in just a second. Um, but I also want to uh, just let you know that you know you can do things right now. Um, the future is here 
it's just very early on. So there's not a whole lot built out. You can definitely experience the metaverse if you would like to. You can definitely pull some AR, augmented reality, into your living room and play with it. Um, you can also uh, jump into VR. We've seen VR. Uh, we saw VR last week with Warrington Hudland. And uh, we are going to continue to see VR, which is a virtual reality, as we head into other uh, metaverse experiences and expansions. But what's really cool about VR is, and either, either form, I guess, you have the option to have an avatar. And so that avatar represents you in that virtual space. Um, that happens on both browser-based uh, virtual um, instances and also in an actual headset. Uh, unfortunately to me, this is unfortunate, uh, this is a huge miss in my opinion, um, the VR situation, a lot of times the only avatar you see is your hands. And so you have your hands before you. And so that's, that's all you see. One of my favorite things to do is ride a roller coaster. Um, I am somebody who takes technology extremely seriously. And I introduced my niece to uh, her Oculus uh, when she was six. But I took the steps to make sure that she knew how to actually utilize it. And I streamed the whole first month of her gameplay onto the TV in front of me so I could ensure that she was doing things in a way that um, she wasn't getting sick and wasn't being over, um, over inundated with uh, the depictions in her, in her head. And also um, you have to make sure that, because um, each, each kid is different, just like each adult is different. Adults have a hard time in VR. And so uh, in VR, um, you know, some adults get sick. And so um, you want to make sure that what you're, if you have kids, this is a total sidebar, but if you have kids, you want to make sure that those kids are responding and reacting in a way um, where they're okay. So keep them safe for sure. But a good way for, and a good tip for every parent out there, if you are thinking about um, introducing your kids to VR, do it in a layered fashion. Um, and I don't mean, you know, give them four hours at a time like you would with a cell phone. I mean, literally like 10 minutes at a time and then build on that as they're, they're doing okay with it um, over the course of a month. That's how I did it with my niece. And she definitely uh, has, you know, she's, she's one of those kids. She's kind of like me. She's definitely a gamer and she kind of gets um, the different ways to do things. But um you know, still like I, I watch her when she's on that headset and uh, yeah. So anyway, so what I'm saying is when you are in VR, uh, the reason I said this is because when you're in VR, uh, one of the things that you have in a lot of these instances is just your hands. So you have just hands and you can't see anything else. Um, and so that's all that represents you, which is kind of okay because you're facing forward anyway, but um, I like to see my whole entire avatar in my favorite uh, roller coaster game. Uh, we actually, or my roller coaster experience, not game. Um, I, all I see is my hands. And so when I let my niece do that, the first thing she said was, look auntie, my hands, my hands are brown. And so I used to, I used to tell the story all the time, um, but she is, she resonated with the fact that her hands look like her. And so I think that when you're creating an avatar, when you are thinking about your avatar, a lot of people tend to be able to create avatars that look like them. But for us as a people, that is sometimes not possible. We have things, and this again follows gaming. We have things like our um, skin types and skin tones to consider. Uh, we have um, our the bridges of our noses. They just, for some reason, cannot get them right in gaming and in VR. That has been a historical problem. Um, and 
things are getting better, uh, but you know, the more widely adopted avatar formats, they just look pale and they don't, they don't resonate the, the honeydew and the, the dip that we have, uh, really like it's just not there. And so, um, we want to make sure that we're speaking out when we hear things about how our avatars are created or, um, are really getting into these creators and playing with them. Now, I will say that over the last few years, um, that has changed significantly. Um, MetaHumans came out and MetaHumans uh, is by Unreal Engine. Oh my gosh, MetaHumans changed the game. Um, you look and feel just like a human. And so you guys have seen deep fakes out there. Deep fakes uh, are definitely a thing, but when it comes to your avatar, your avatar can look dead on like you if you want it to when you create it with that MetaHuman uh, creator. And you can also um, create other people. And so, you know, there's some there's some problems with that too, ethically. Like, do you really want to create an avatar of your ex-girlfriend and walk around with her face on, on yours all day? Uh, and does she want you to do that more importantly? Because that's just weird. So, um, you know, we have a lot of different things that can be done and could be done. But, um, you know, people are coming up with really cool use cases for their avatars. Speaking of the Matrix, metahumans were used for the Matrix. So um, there was a whole project uh, surrounding the, the Matrix uh, when it just came out. The last uh, version that came out uh, here over the spring. Um, but metahuman avatars were out there and created for the matrix. And so I'm going to show that really quickly. Uh, if I can find it on my screen, I'm going to show it. Um, and so we have uh, some really cool things um, that are, are able to be created and able to be utilized. And we're seeing movies come to reality. And so I think that that's an absolutely uh, extremely cool uh, use case for uh, things like um, avatars. Uh, speaking of avatars, we've also had the Avatar movie. So Avatar movies, you guys have seen avatars for a very long time. You may not have known that that's what you were looking at, but that is definitely what you, what you knew. <laughs> Uh, could be a possibility if you ever watched Avatar the movie. So this is actually one of my Matrix avatars, and she is um, an avatar that was created. I got her after the big hype fest, but um, there is a whole series of avatars that are out here for the Matrix, and um, you can see them right here. Like this is literally what they look like. Uh, they are utilized um, to uh gamify the idea of the matrix and so um there's a really cool um game that you can play where you get exp or what we call experience for uh leveling up your avatar in a matrix situation and so that is something that's really really cool that's actually going on right now um my avatar only has 100 exp because i stopped playing because i was just like all right i'm done um, but, uh, there are folks who've been playing this game for months. And so every, every couple of weeks they get it, or every couple of days they come in and they get some, uh, EXP from, uh, their actual avatar, uh, just growing up, um, you know, kind of utilizing, uh, gaming gamification, um, of an actual event. And so eventually there will be a metaverse and eventually that metaverse will utilize these avatars in that space. And so, um, you know, maybe you'll be Trinity. I don't know. <laughs> but avatars are definitely a thing and definitely uh, a part of our future. Avatar the movie, there is a new version coming out. So if you didn't know that, stick around because uh, in a few months, the new avatar will be rolling out. I want to say it's coming out in December, but don't hold me to that. Definitely. Um, uh, check it out though, because um, we're in a space now where we weren't necessarily before, and those um, those avatars are going to be able to. Um, you're gonna just look at them a little bit differently. Um, so I think that that is really really cool. 
And um, and yeah, so uh, thinking about avatars some more, we have um, a whole lot of things that are happening in our present day when it comes to avatars. So in the last few weeks, crazy things have been happening with avatars. They have been all over the place. So uh, we're going to have a message from our sponsors, and then we are going to come back and we're going to talk about avatars and we're going to talk about them just a little bit more so that you can understand kind of what you are uh, um, in for when it comes to creating your avatar and being represented by an avatar in a virtual space. So um, let's go ahead and we're going to go over to a video from our sponsors. Looking a little different uh, right now, but I am um, still me. <laughs> this is one of my avatars, and I'm happy to present her to you today. I'm um, hoping that she's looking a little okay, but she looks like she's uh, a little stuck in her position right now. Um, but uh, this is this is Vexy, or I'm sorry, this is Technical, and. Um, yeah, you guys, so I am right now, I am streaming my avatar, uh, and she is uh, right here in front of me, and I'm trying to get her positioned uh, in the right way. There we go. Uh, but uh, this is an avatar. So um, you're hearing me talk, and you are seeing the camera capturing my face but rendering uh, her as my avatar on screen. So um, it's a little off. And so, yes, it definitely needs some work. But these technologies are out here and they are, um, they are being utilized right now. This is a specific technology that I used way back in 2016. Um, not Ready Player Me, but uh, I did use uh, the technology behind this and I was able to stream my gaming experiences um, to YouTube. So, um, you know, we have some really cool stuff that has been around for a very long time and people just haven't necessarily used it. So um, if you'll see like her little hair right there, like she has a green bow. Uh, her arms do not work. <laughs> so uh, that's not true. Uh, she does have the ability to, to do some arm movements. Um, so let me see if I can get her to move again. Nope. Um, so she does have uh, some some functionality when it comes to um, her actual ability to move around. She can wave and say hello, and you can't see that. There we go. Let's try that again. You can wave and say hello. It's a little weird, <laughs> but uh, she can do it. Um, and you can also, you know, say, hey, yeah, good job. Uh, and she she's a dancer too. Uh, just in case you didn't know, that's how I get down. <laughs> but yeah, um, it is not nearly as good as actually being in the experience. Um, when you are in the experience, you can actually um, 
you're actually there and you your avatar experience um, feels just like it's you walking around in a certain space. And so uh, when you're looking at things, um, you actually have uh, that 3D view and you're able to, um, to see in front of you and around you. If you are in an immersive space, you're also able to look up and look down and look all around. Uh, <laughs> and so um, you're able to do things, uh, but be represented by an avatar. And so this is important for various reasons. Uh, that avatar is, to me, is one of the most important pieces of a virtual experience. And be, that's because when you find an avatar that like really, 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 really resonates with you, like you can, you feel like it's you. And so it doesn't feel like this often disjointed kind of thing. Uh, there was an experience that I had and, you know, people just kept telling me, they're like, oh, this is an amazing experience. Go in, go in, go in. And the minute I got in there, my avatar looked, and I'm going to just say this, she looked a hot mess. And I could not, for the life of me, get her to look the way that I wanted her to. And it wasn't me being vain. It wasn't like, oh, they didn't have the right shade of lipstick. It was things like, I'm a female and I wanted to look feminine. And all of the, the avatar prototypes were really just dudes, like in girl skin. It was weird. Um, and so I couldn't get the shapeliness. I couldn't get the soft feminine touches that I would apply to my own avatar. And so I think that that is something that a lot of game publishers miss out on, especially when you have to uh, think about an audience who is now not just guys, you know, not guys like historically, we've had guys who were kind of running the whole gaming industry. Um, that changed several years ago, but the metaverse is for everybody. So not only are you going to have uh, women in there, you're going to have all sorts of, of character types in there. So you are going to have cats and dogs and, and squids and, uh, you know, kind of um, all these uh, very uh, eccentric and imaginative type of characters that need to be created and need to be able to move and flow and feel just like a person would. And so it, it, or, you know, their version of a person. So like, if you're a robot, you don't really want to look like a person. You don't want to move like a person. You want to move like a bot, right? So it has to be on time and on target. So what that means is there are a lot of new jobs out here for people that understand this. So if you're somebody who gets it, then get with a gaming company that's building for the metaverse. If you're somebody who understands, and this is why, like, man, gamers, we have such a leg up right now in this world because you understand the future. You understand the economy because you understand gaming economy. You understand avatars. You understand being represented digitally. You understand all the problems that come with a land rush and virtual real estate and acquisitions of land and housing and, and plotting out uh, space for multiple participants to enjoy and experience. Gamers are going to love the metaverse. And so our job as gamers is to make sure that everybody else understands and loves it as well. And so uh, that is what today's show is about, is avatars and how you show up and how you show out and uh, what it looks like to actually be an avatar in a metaverse type of situation. So we got a situation and we're going to see if we can find uh, a good way to create an avatar for us today. So um, I'm going to share some things with you so that we're all on the same page. And so one of those things, I'm going to share my screen again. So y'all got to see this, okay? So uh, if you haven't been paying attention, over the last few days, um, the VMAs went off. I think it was on the 26th or 28th. Uh, the VMAs happened and the VMAs went virtual. Y'all, they went into the metaverse. 
And so the VMAs were held in Fortnite and places like Roblox. They were literally everywhere. And you got to see your stars in virtual spaces. And this little clip that I'm about to share is from your stars in a virtual space. Now, check this out. Normally, I would give these two particular characters literally no playtime at all but it goes with the theme of avatars today. So I am going to share this. Uh, this is Snoop Dogg and Eminem, and they are represented in their board ape. And my goodness, I said I was never going to say that name, those, <laughs> those words on this show. But uh, their board apes are um, something that they put on and they did exactly what I'm doing now or similar to what I'm doing now. Theirs is, is much better. But um, what I'm doing now, they were represented by their avatars in a virtual space. So check it out. And this virtual space is called Otherworld. Those are avatars, just like me. All right, I can't take it anymore. Okay, so ugh, get that off the screen. <laughs> so good riddance to the board apes. Uh, you know, they just gained more popularity now. Otherworld is their metaverse space. And one thing I cannot and will not deny is that the other world is a cool looking space. Um, and, you know, I hate to say it, but it is. Uh, that is actually a space where I would quite enjoy myself, but I can't bring myself to do it because it's board apes. So moving on, <laughs> we have a lot of news headlines uh, involving our avatars this week. So um, this week, not only did you see uh, the VMAs debut and talk about fidgetals, which again, fidgetals, uh, that real virtual uh, digital combined uh, type of uh, NFT, that is also something that you saw. But we also saw, um, where is it? We saw, oops, no, we saw, um, oh my gosh, where'd it go? We saw our first uh, record label, uh, our first avatar gets signed to a record label. And um, wow. So first of all, wow. People are calling this AI, but I call it an avatar, but we'll go ahead and call it AI for the sake of the story. This AI avatar bot is a um, rap artist. And so I will just call it that a hip hop artist. Uh, and it's, I'm, it's, it's interesting to, to say this, but it got signed to a record label, and I'm not going to mention that record label because you know how y'all know how they do with, with their name and stuff. So I'm just going to say that the record label signed an avatar uh, via a um, via a, uh, a via a an AI type of um, I don't even know what to call this, but it was it was an interesting story, and ironically and you know, interestingly enough, they actually um, backed out of the agreement. So not only did they sign the label, uh, sign the avatar to the label, they then dropped the artist from the label. And I can't call it an artist. They dropped the AI from the label um, within a week. And so what happened there is that the avatar or the person behind the avatar um, was showing up as a black avatar and a black rapper. And in reality, uh, was not uh, a part of the black community in any kind of way. And so this is something we've seen, um, you know, folks call this blackface. 
And this avatar has committed blackface and it is an atrocity uh, to all black people everywhere. Um, interestingly enough, he was signed to a record label when there are so many artists out here struggling, trying to make a way and make space in the NFT space for themselves to be here and to be a part of a record label or a deal. So the artist, uh, Kyle the Hooligan, first of all, perpetuated blackness um, in a way that is unacceptable. And the mockery was great enough that he somehow found himself with a record deal because of it. Now, I think that that is uh, atrocious and, and should be um, should be sanctioned in some kind of way by somebody who actually can do that, somebody who's bigger than me, uh, because it's it's an assault on every artist out there. And you know, maybe these guys did have talent of some kind, but why do you have to appropriate our culture and then put it out there, or not even culture? I can't call that culture, but they they appropriated hip hop culture and then put it out there um, in a mocking kind of way um, as this avatar. And interestingly enough, got signed to a, a record label. Like, I can't believe that happened. Uh, they should all be ashamed for not doing due diligence, especially in a space where it's like, yo, all we talk about all day long is due diligence, right? Like <laughs> due diligence and doing your own research. Like those are things that we get serious about in this space. And so when you're not serious about that and you come to the space and you play and then um, you turn around and, uh, you know, kind of just just stink up the whole the whole deal, we're not happy. And that's where we're sitting right now. We are not happy. So uh, shame on all y'all, everybody involved. <laughs> so uh, I want to talk a little bit about, um, you know, we've got another uh, billion dollar company coming to play in the avatar fashion marketplace space. Um, Genie is, a, is launching or has launched an NFT fashion marketplace. So uh, they are a digital avatar startup. They earned one, a $1 billion valuation from heavy hitting tech investors, including Silver Lake and Mary Meeker's bond capital during their raise. And uh, they were just announced last April. So now they are launching a, um, a full-on fashion marketplace. So when I say that my avatar needs to look good when it's in these virtual spaces, I'm not kidding. You heard me say that $1 billion for a marketplace. Uh, so let, let's keep that in mind as we are figuring out where we are heading and what we are about to do in these uh, metaverse spaces. Disney has come to play again. Uh, Disney is getting serious about their uh, avatars and their virtual spaces because they have. Um, you're able to now create your avatar in Dreamlight Valley's free character creator. So their avatars look kind of slick. I'm not gonna lie. Like I really like the uh, Ready Player Me avatars, but these Disney ones look really cool, and I cannot wait to. Um, to get started. If you want to get started with that, you're going to be able to find it over on Steam. So go ahead and go to Steam and you can um, search for the Disney character creator and you'll be able to find it there. Um, so yeah, we've got a lot of really cool things happening in this space. Another is that NVIDIA, NVIDIA graphics, uh, sees a metaverse that is populated with lifelike chatbot avatars. So this is an article that came out from CNET this week. Um, chatbots, what is a chatbot? So uh, in the metaverse and in virtual spaces and in gaming, you not only have the avatar that you are represented by, the avatar that you hang out with and look like um, inside of, of your virtual space, but you also have in gaming, it's called a non-playable character. In, um, in other spaces, it's just called a bot or a drone or, um, you know, kind of a, a droid. Uh, other places, they call it a chat bot. But you have this avatar who looks just like it could be one of your characters in a game. But it's really just this other 
thing that's powered by technology. So there's no human behind it, technically speaking. Um, so it's programmed with uh, specific uh, lines of script and code and things like that. And so what I find really cool about this is that they're coming out and saying, hey, you know, we're going to have these all over the place. And so, you know, when we're thinking about the metaverse being for everybody and we're thinking about uh, the future of jobs and, and jobs going digital and virtual, um, you know, there has long been discussion about uh, these technical bots and drones and, and technology taking over um, humanity and human powered jobs. Uh, where, where things are repetitive and it would be more efficient to put an AI bot or um, some piece of uh, semi-aware technology in its place. So think about that as you are thinking about the future. You're thinking about your business, your job, what are you doing? So um, maybe you need to go and skill up somewhere. Maybe you are uh, you know, kind of in danger of actually losing a position due to uh, bots and replacement um, replacement technology. So that is all something that is is happening, and that has nothing to do with the metaverse. That was happening well before we started talking full scale about the metaverse. So those conversations are ongoing. They have been happening. Uh, you can see them in customer service, and you can see it happening in places like fast food, where uh, workers are actually being replaced with technology. So um, those things are definitely happening across the board. Be aware, be alert, uh, shift your mind, stop thinking that this stuff is not happening because it is. So let's talk a little bit about what types of avatars you are going to have in these spaces. So we talked about the avatars, we talked about kind of what types of different things are coming and, and how you're gonna move around represented by this virtual thing in these virtual spaces. Um, now let's talk a little bit about, um, <laughs> let's talk a little bit about uh, what does it look like when there's problems? So we know that uh, in the future, there are, we're not going to be devoid of, of problems. Like there can be a problem uh, that happens here, something happens there. Uh, it just happens, you know? So, so, you know, it happens. That's actually a saying, right? Um, but what do we do in a virtual space when the internet hiccups and we're frozen? What do we do in a virtual space when there is lag or when your technology is not rendering itself like it should be? What do we do when there is an internet outage and the internet doesn't work anymore uh, and your avatar just suddenly poofs and is gone from the world in the middle of a presentation or the middle of um, some type of activity. What do we do? These are all things that we need to think about and things that we need to be asking of our technologists who are around us, people who are actively building out the metaverse. What does it look like to have a full-on failure of the metaverse? It's possible. Uh, we see it happen in virtual spaces all the time. There's something called maintenance for literally every single technology that's out there. Something has to go under maintenance. Well, how do we make, how do we, you know, take things down for maintenance in the metaverse? What does that possibly even look like? We have a lot of things to consider. We have to be thoughtful about how we are considering them and what we are doing uh, when it comes to um, the future and building it out in a way where we can continue to be productive. If the metaverse is built on top of the blockchain, there will be redundancy. There will be decentralization. And with that comes ownership. And with that comes newfound freedom. Uh, you heard it Last week, Mr. Warrington Hudlin said that the metaverse was freedom for us as a people. 
and I do not disagree. I absolutely 100% um, feel him on that conversation because it is. It allows us to be expansive with our minds and expansive with the things that we know and uh, can share and can contribute to this world. There are fears and those fears are legitimate. We need to not shut people down because they have questions, but answer those questions if we can. And if we can't, then we need to take some notes and figure out what we're gonna do. Because if we have questions that we can't answer, then we are not ready for mass adoption in the metaverse. And we are not ready to be fully in the metaverse. So always wanna be mindful of those things. Man, I hope you enjoyed today's show uh, with me. I hope that you enjoyed uh, being able to be here with my little avatar. And I hope that um, you have uh, learned something new or thought uh, a little bit differently about something that you may have not been thinking about or may have thought about previously. Um, I do want to encourage all of you to think about your future and think about your future in the metaverse. And so um, there are lots of different ways that you can go ahead and get involved right now in the metaverse. And uh, one of them is by just going to um, uh, like Decentraland or CryptoVoxels and jumping in and seeing what it's like. Uh, those metaverse spaces are very niche. So you are not necessarily going to fall in love with either of those, uh, but maybe you will. And uh, that is something that, you know, only you can answer. Uh, if you need a guide to the metaverse, I definitely encourage you to tap in with me. I want you to um, definitely uh, get in touch with me at metamindshift.com. And uh, we're going to um, have a community for the Meta Mind Shift uh, folks, all of our followers, everybody who is tapping in on a weekly basis. First of all, thank you. I appreciate you. My team of uh, cohorts down here in the corner, they all appreciate you too. And uh, we are going to um, have a community of people that want to be in the metaverse, that are metaverse curious. And so if you're thinking about these metaverse experiences, if you are a naysayer and you just want to be around people who uh, think differently and you you know, you know just want to tap, dip your toes in, uh, that is what this community is going to be for. So definitely tap in. It is something that we're building up and uh, we're going to be launching here very, very soon. But if you tap in early, uh, you definitely reap the rewards of being an early, uh, an early community member. Um, I have a lot of things going on. So first of all, I want to um, say thank you so much to uh, all of our sponsors. We are going to uh, say thank you to our sponsors one more time. And then I am going to come back to you and talk to you about the power of decentralization.
<laughs> as I'm sitting there and my head is cocked to the side. Um, hey guys, so the power of decentralization, that is a conference that is coming up soon. And that conference is definitely uh, one that we want to tap into. You are invited, all of you are invited to come to that. It is going to be available at uh, the at blackverse.io and you're going to be able to go to uh, blackverse.io slash summit. And um, that is where you will find the, um, you will find tickets for the Blackverse Summit. So what is the Blackverse Summit? The Blackverse Summit is a two-day summit where we are going to talk about the power of decentralization. So the power of decentralization. What does it mean to be decentralized? What does it mean to uh, move forward in the future uh, in a decentralized manner? That is what the Blackbird Summit is. Uh, you're going to be able to check that out um, and uh, participate and jump into some of these metaverse spaces. And so we've got um, we've got several metaverse spaces. I'm not committing to a number yet, but we have several metaverse spaces, both in uh, browser-based instances and in your VR headset that you are going to be able to experience. You do not need a VR headset to enjoy this event, so please do go out on Eventbrite and uh, capture uh, or search for the Blackbird Summit um, Power of Decentralization Conference that is happening on September 15th and 16th. Scrolling across the bottom previously, you saw the Black Business Olympics that is coming September uh, 19th through the 25th. Yes, Black business owners, we are going to be on the front and forefront of, of everything that is happening. I want to um, invite all of you guys to tap in to the Blackverse Summit and to uh, the Black Business Olympics. We are currently still looking for speakers. So if you are a speaker and you have a Black business that you own, then we want you. So please tap in at blackbusinessexpousa.com. I want to quickly say thank you to all of our sponsors. So thank you, Black Multiverse Enterprises, Blackverse Metaverse Community, Technical Consulting, Black Business Expo, Black Business Network, and Black Business Olympics, as well as thank you to Ms. Artsy uh, in VR. You are fantastic. I also want to say thank you to the EE Testing Center. Um, be sure that you like and subscribe no matter where you are. Uh, please, if you are listening on the replays, subscribe to uh, receive backstage information. You'll also get access to the backstage area for select uh, candidates every single week. Um, you will also be able to join our community. We are absolutely open for sponsorship. So I want to thank everybody once again for watching. And we're going to go out with a little something special today. And that is to give honor and tribute to the Black Business Olympics because the Black Business Olympics is coming. And uh, it's going to be fire, y'all. I'm excited. I can't wait for this. And so thank you for watching. Stay tuned in. Stay tapped in. This is Nicole. And my voice is resting. I am black business.